Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled, fun-packed episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will, and with me is the ever-lovable, uh, uh, I hate when the magic doesn't work the first time. Uh, this is an editor's note, guys. Uh, this is the second time we're trying to record this, uh, stuff happened. So, this is my wonderful co-host, uh, Jingles Roscoe. Smiter is still on assignment, and we let him know that when he hears these, want him to know I'm, I want him to know I miss him. And so um, I know he's doing some awesome things. And so, but say hello, Jingles. Hello. Hello. All right. Uh, so we're gonna get into some stuff. We're gonna get into some news bites, and then we're gonna t- let Jingles take the show over and talk with us about the Game Awards. I've seen a few of the things from the Game Awards, but he's seen a lot more than I have. We're just going to get into it. So first things first, uh, Charlie Cox is coming back as uh, Daredevil in the, in the MCU. Uh, now, Jingles was the one that brought that to my attention before I saw it. So, Jingles, why don't you share a little bit about how you're feeling about it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Kevin Feige was doing an interview recently. I think it was for comicbook.com. I, I could double check. But it doesn't really matter which news source it was because... Um, what was going on was there was like some questions concerning Daredevil and stuff, uh, and, uh, and about Charlie Cox and Kevin Feige straight up said that if Daredevil does make it to the MCU, Charlie Cox is going to be the person to play him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to, to say very coyly, we don't know when or where that's actually going to happen, but that's the plan. Um, so therefore, therefore, um, confirming officially that Charlie Cox will be making it to the MCU at some point. We just don't know when. Um, but with the way that the announcement happened and the way that um, because people have been hounding Kevin Feige and, and, and asking Charlie Cox, Charlie Cox, when are you coming back? And, and all of that. Um, that was um, something that a lot of people were wondering. And by the fact that it was the way that it was said suggests not outright confirms, but suggests that Charlie Cox could return pretty soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know when, uh, I'd mentioned before, uh, in our first recording that, uh, there's been a lot of speculation that, uh, Charlie Cox could come in, uh, no way home and, and be Peter's defense, uh, Peter Parker's defense attorney, uh, in that there's been clips and showing like uh, what appears to be a lawyer helping him out, but we don't get a good look and people are like, oh, that kind of sort of looks like Charlie's body. Uh, and so, uh, but we don't know that we are recording this uh, not but six, no, probably five days uh, before No Way Home hits theaters. Right. Uh, so we cannot confirm nor deny that, but uh by the time the next time we get together to record, we will know for sure uh, if that happens to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're looking forward to that. Yeah, and I mean the thing was uh, one of the things I talked about in the earlier recording too was that you know like the other Marvel Netflix shows, you know, will we eventually get, for example, uh, Mike Coulter coming back as um, as Luke Cage? We get the guy back who played an Iron Fist, and dear God, if we do, I hope he gets better training between now and then, you know, because I do not need to see that weak martial arts stuff he was doing in the Netflix version of Iron Fist in the same thing 
Uh, although that does bring up an interesting question, and I just want to place that at your feet, Kata. Do you feel like an MCU version of Daredevil is able to carry a lot of the violent undertones that the Netflix version does or did? Or do you feel like it's yeah, going to be would... very different? I, th I feel like you can get away with pretty much the same stuff. Daredevil itself wasn't like they, it really felt like bordering on PG 13, mm -hmm. maybe kind of rubbing up against on our rating. But I mean, the language wasn't ever super harsh and even some of the most really violent parts you couldn't really see too well in Daredevil's show. Not like say Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Punisher right. where the violence and language and sexual content was cranked up to that R rating level. Daredevil always felt, at least on the, in the Netflix shows, to be uh, on a more reasonable level of violence and language. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I feel like it could very easily... You could even take a lot of what happened from those shows and just bring it over, except for maybe a couple of things like what they did with like Bullseye and stuff. But, you know, that's those are personal gripes more than they are like actual <laughs> like problems with the shows. Yeah, I will say that uh, and we'll talk more about this particular show uh, in a few weeks once that show uh, wraps. Uh, but they've already started kind of bringing some stuff over from the Daredevil series into the MCU. Uh, there are certain things that they've done in the most recent um, Disney Plus show that are definitely uh, callbacks to the Netflix uh, Daredevil show. So they've already started that process. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So one thing I feel like is that, yes, you could get, you could get uh, Matt Murdock in... No Way Home, but I feel like he also wouldn't be too far off if he didn't show up until the She-Hulk series. Because you have a series about a gamma-radiated lawyer, you know, who's going to be in the courtroom sub. She's going to be breaking the fourth wall. She's going to be doing all those different things. But it would be interesting if we had, you know, Matt Murdock show up there for the first time. Because one of the mantras that Feige has kind of lifted to us is that we can and will do things in the Disney Plus shows, that while they themselves, you don't have to have seen them in order to get into the movies, there'll be stuff that comes from those series that will end up in the films at a later time. So, mm. that may be a way they kind of test the Matt Murdock out in the MCU before, before we get the full, like, Daredevil running around New York and doing crazy stuff, you know, in a, in a future you know, whatever kind of project they're wanting to do, whether they're wanting to do a straight Marvel project or whether they're wanting to do a straight Avengers project or whether they're wanting to do something else. So, right. And let, let's not, you know, it's, it's always possible that they could do both mm -hmm. or like Matt Murdock can really show up whenever. Um, and so, but we don't, we have no idea because there's been nothing confirmed yet. Yeah. Um, he, he, Daredevil could even make an appearance at the end of Hawkeye. We don't know. This is true. So uh, we don't know where, we don't know when, but we know that it, it will happen because uh, Kevin Feige said so. Yep. so. It, 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 it's coming. We just don't know when. Yeah. So at some point we will see the, 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 the uh, fighter of hell's kitchen. And uh, he will he will be um, 
awesome, I feel like. Daredevil, honestly, was probably my favorite Netflix. It would have been my favorite Netflix uh, Marvel show had Luke Cage never come out. I think kind mm. of, I think for me, I felt like new, Luke Cage was kind of a character that, with Daredevil, I felt like they couldn't really mess that up. With Luke mm. Cage, I, said, <laughs> I, said, I beg to differ, <laughs> my good man. Could they have, I mean, we, we do have the Ben Affleck, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer I, Garner. Garner version. I get that. But but what the stuff I was saying for the Netflix series, it felt like they could do a really good job with it in the Netflix series. Has Daredevil been messed up in the past? Yes, I saw the trial mm. of the Incredible Hulk. Okay, I'm just saying he was in that too. Uh, if you want to go back and look that up on your YouTube's, but hmm. uh, but when Luke Cage came out, it was kind of the one I was a little bit more scrutinous of. I was a little bit more like, how are they going to do this? Like. Like, are we going to see him in the costume? How's that going to work? And they pulled that off, and I thought it was genius how they did it, kind of in the flashback, and him basically being like, this is stupid. Why would I wear this? You look like a damn fool. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was You good. look like a jive turkey. You look like a jive turkey. Sweet. And he doesn't even, I think he even says, like, sweet Christmas at some point during it. Well, he says sweet Christmas a few times. But like, I think mm. he says it the first time. Well, in the flashback, he says it the first time when they're talking about how horrible the costume is. Mm-hmm. He's just like, sweet Christmas. You know. But yeah. And so that, that and the sweet Christmas thing is kind of its own little thing, too, with Luke Cage. But that's on a day when we decided to sit down and talk about the comic book origins and everything behind Luke Cage. So we're not going to delve mm-hmm. too far into that. But yeah, Daredevil, I felt like, was a really awesome. It, would, it was definitely my top second. It's, if, if I had a top five, I would definitely say, although I don't, well, how many Netflix, we had what? Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, and Iron Fist, Punisher, right? Iron Punisher, Fist. And then technically the Defenders. And Defenders. Yeah, because Defenders is like super bottom. Like, like if I could bury it under the bottom in a concrete slab, Defenders is that bad. Like, you know, there's certain things that they tried to do to save it, it just didn't work. You know? Mm-hmm. I love Sigourney Weaver, but she couldn't save it for me. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Like the only way it would have made it better if somehow it's like if aliens had already sudden showed up and then you find out she was actually Ripley the whole entire time. But that's a crossover that we you know Marvel hadn't achieved quite yet. Now they do own the alien franchise now, so you know, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, I know. You hadn't heard one of my mashups in a while, guys. There it is. So There it is. There it is. There's the mashup. Uh, so they say, you know, we talked about Cowboy Bebop on the last episode, the Netflix live action version, uh, and I kind of just got to share my thoughts on that. Well, uh, Netflix has spoken, and <laughs> it's canceled for the season two. So there's no season two coming for this show for Netflix. So, uh, of course, the rumor mill is, is that you know somebody else may pick it up, and it's like, yeah, but most people don't pick stuff up from Netflix. If they drop it, it's usually done. So, uh, Javier Grillo Max, uh, Maxis, I believe it's Maxis. Uh, let me make sure. Max Roush uh, is the director behind it. And he basically, he's the writer, rather, of it. He basically said, I truly, I truly loved working on this. It came from a real and pure place of respect and affection. I wish we could make what we had planned for a second season. 
But you know what they say, men plan, God laughs, see you Space Cowboy. And so then Mason Alexander Park, who played, um, who plays Grin in the show, follows up with that and basically says, a joy to work with you. And then John Cho, who, of course, played Spike and uh, beforehand was Harold from the duo of Harold and Kumar, basically had a post from uh, Tom Selleck with the gift that just says, I'm okay. And so then Mason Alexander Park came back with Love Your Friend. And so I know that the actor that played Jet, whose name escapes me at the moment, he basically said, well, maybe the Neckbeards won. You know, maybe the people who were kind of complaining about it won at the end of the day. Wow, I guess uh, I guess I'm not a fan of him anymore. You know, and it, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, here's the thing. Um, I will say this: Cowboy Bebop to a live adaptation placed in the top ten, whereas the second season of uh, Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revelations did not. So, I mean, it did something okay. Um, but of course, Netflix also owns the rights to the anime. As far as distributing it out now, as far as putting it, can I can I point out something real quick? Oh, by all means, point point it. Should point out something. So that guy was all like, "I guess the neckbeards won." First of all, he he can just go away. I don't want to talk to him no more. (laughs) Second of all, the critics gave the show a lower score than the audience, so the audience saw it more favorably than the critics did. So it wasn't the neckbeards that canceled this thing. It was the critics' fault more than the than the uh, audience. And you also have to look at a bigger question too: uh, How much money do did did? And, and this is something I'm not researched. I'm just asking the question in general: How much money do you think that Netflix sunk into making this live action version of this? And for all the special uh, effects and all the millions. stuff that they got, it's 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 called a return on investment. And if people were dogging it that hard, um, to the point where, you know, it wasn't going, I mean, goodness gracious, uh, Danella Pineda, who played Faye Valentine, um, really kind of, um, really kind of put her foot into it by going off on fans before the movie even came out, basically saying, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't be the big-breasted uh, woman that y'all wanted to be in Faye Valentine's really tight. Uh, non-movable outfit and all this other stuff. And, um, yeah, it, it was just interesting. So, okay, so here's the exact quote. And I'm looking at it now, and I may have paraphrased horribly, but here we go. Here's the quote. What a cool opportunity, right? I got to play Jet Black. I'll never not be him, so to speak. That's badass to me. Netflix went balls to the wall for us in order to get it done. They really looked out for us when the crap hit the fan. Or he says when the shit hit the fan. Uh, but at the end of the day, business is business. And this was a big step. That a big This was a big ship that needed a lot of fuel. Maybe the haters and the critics got us. Maybe it wasn't as good as we thought. All I know is that we got this done under the craziest conditions. And I'm proud of what we did. Thank you for dreaming with us. See you space cowboys. Huh. Which still sounds like maybe the Neckbeard's won. I mean, yeah, it is a, he didn't exactly say that. And I apologize if, if people thought that that was a direct quote. 
But because I tried to make it clear that, that and I was paraphrasing, if not, I, I do apologize. But it's the whole thing. Like if it's not good, if it did, okay. My main critique of the whole series, it didn't feel like Bebop to me. It felt like a bunch of people cosplaying, trying to recreate it. It didn't have the spirit of it. That was my biggest complaint. And a lot of people felt the same way, including the critics. So, you can be mad at the critics all you want to, but they do have a final say-so on all that. I mean, they, you know, Netflix isn't going to spend as much as they spent um, to not get back a better return on investment. You know, and that's the reality. So, mm. you know, it, it's just the thing. And I wish that, you know, I, here's the other thing about it. Uh, Netflix is going to continue to spend money to make this Ronin Kitchen live action that they're wanting to do. They're going to spend money to make this One Piece live action adaptation that they're trying to do. They're going to spend money on this stupid Avatar live action thing that they're going to do. They're not, not going to spend money on dumb things. They're not going to stop doing that. They're just not spending any more money on this dumb thing. You know, that's the thing that's sad about it. It's like you think, like, maybe just start doing your own animation for a while, guys. Like, maybe start building your own stuff. Like, the stuff that's done well, like Red Notice and stuff like that, it's stuff y'all created. What's the one movie with Chris Hemsworth where he's like a he's like a spy? There was another one, Ryan Reynolds. Like Ryan Reynolds is kind of you know kind of ruling the roost at, at Netflix, but there's so many other people. So much of the good stuff that they've done this year and the last year has been stuff they created on their own. I was speaking of Ryan Reynolds. I have a, a small piece of news about. Oh him sure, go ahead. We're done talking about this. Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about it after we're done uh, getting mad at uh, Netflix and Cowboy <laughs> Bebop. I'm just trying to. Look, I was trying to look the research to see how much money they spent on this thing. Yeah, I couldn't find a, a thing. I, I tried looking it up. I didn't see. Wow. A, I don't think they they have released how, the amount that they paid for how it. How much did Bebop cost? <laughs> it had to have been at least a few million to to do it. Cost on. But my thing, like I said, it, I love John Show, but I don't feel like he needed this. Like I really don't. Um. He could have continued doing other stuff. I mean, honestly, if he got in that good of shape and basically was in a John Wick movie, he could have done the same thing and had better results. Honestly. Oh, there's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas involved here. True, true, true. We could have gotten somebody that looked more like Jet Black to play Jet Black, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I can I can understand. <laughs> I feel like he played Jet Black well, but again, I can understand why people didn't feel like that was a good fit. And I get it. You know, like I said, uh, like I told you a while back, we talked about the, the trailers and stuff. Jet's always red, black to me. I get, yes, he's white on the screen. I fully understand that. Come at me. But I'm just saying, it, it, you know, duh. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's how it read. Um, now, I will make a comparison to something. The biggest success so far as far as an anime that's been adapted into live action uh, was Alita Battle Angel, which pulled in a sizable foreigner market gross of $319 million. And then domestic, with domestic totals, like $85 million. So you got to look at that. You figure, okay, they probably spent close to that to, to make Bebop. Probably around there. You know, and, and, and to get the lack of return that they got on it, it's just like, no, we're not going to sit there and spend more money on this. And I mean, Japan kind of laughed 
whatever they found out it was a lot of people in Japan, a lot of people who worked with the original cartoon, kind of just laughed and went off about how, um, you know, how, how, oh, it got called the live action thing, and this thing they bastardized got canceled. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, sorry, but that's just the reality. Um, you know, you can't, uh, and that's the thing that, su that suffers is that they're not going to stop doing live action adaptations of these anime. No, of course not. They're going to keep trying to do this, and I don't feel like you're going to get. I don't feel like you're going to get better result. I mean, yeah, granted, um, the guy from Kim's Convenience got cast as Uncle Iroh a few weeks ago. Yes, he did. It's like so far, I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I just wish that he wasn't in this god awful debauchery of a movie that they're going to make because he's really an awesome actor and I love him. You know. Uh, and we'll talk about other people I love in movie projects later. But anyway, mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say about Bebop before we roll into the next thing? Man, it's just, it it's clear. Like, Netflix has got to know that people do not like their live-action adaptations of anime that they've been putting out. Like, I don't, I don't hear anybody defending any of them that they've done yet. And I know people do not defend what they've done so far. And so, or, or even what they're planning on doing later. Mm -hmm. So, like, I just, first of all, I'm, I don't have the energy to hate on, on something like that. Um, I, don't, I don't have the energy to be angry about these just cash grab, poorly made products that netflix wants to push out because netflix has been doing it for years and i'm just like they're just doing the same thing guys they haven't stopped and people continue to let them do it so the best thing that i can do is just not support it and i haven't seen the new bebop i might watch it later but i want to watch the old one and then watch the new one and then it's like going to watch uh the old avatar the last airbender uh live action movie like as a big you want to watch the old one first the the cartoon and then watch the movie and be like, this is really, really, really bad. Yeah. And they should be ashamed for what they made. And so, like, that's the only way to, f I think, find enjoyment and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, I just... And, and like, we, we were talking about uh, the Defenders and Iron Fist. And I didn't watch Iron Fist. I didn't watch the Defenders. I heard that they weren't very good. And I was like, well, they those two things are not things that I'm like really invested in. Right. So I don't care and I just won't watch it. And then I just don't support it. I don't give them my watch. I don't, I don't spend money to check those things out. And so, um, that's just the way I live is I just, so that people know that I don't like something. I don't support it. Yeah. And I don't watch it. I don't check it out. Um, and if it's something that I'm interested in and I love and I want to see, then I'll spend my money on it and I want to support it. Hopefully it'll turn out well. Um, uh, and if it doesn't, that'll be just too bad. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Um, the Netflix Cowboy Bebop had a lot of chips stacked against it. They should have known that they had a lot of chips stacked against it. And what was it? Mustafa Shakir? Mm -hmm. Like... He should have known that people were not interested and we're not um, we're not going to go in with a favorable light to this thing. Right. 
And I want to be fair to the IP of Cowboy Bebop because the Cowboy Bebop, at least the anime, is a very grounded series as far as anime goes. It's it's pretty realistic. There's no people flying around shooting lasers out of their hands like other anime shows. Right. There's no like summoning dragons or playing card games on motorcycles. There's none of that. <laughs> there is it it's 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 a western in space. Yep. Um and so like I feel like Cowboy Bebop could very easily be made into a very good live action show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a western made live action show. But you need the right people behind it in order for that to happen. Right. And um, it's clear that Netflix is not the right people for these things. Right. And um, that's that's going to continue to be the case until they figure out something good. And so I'm going to continue to assume they don't know what they're doing until proven otherwise. Right. And as such, I I am not going to support them until they can prove that they know what they're doing. Well, and that makes sense. And, so, and, and, and that's, that's how I handle these things. And I don't get mad if something that I expect to be bad is bad. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, they were bad, and I was expecting that. And I just don't support it, and I move on. Um, and any, I honestly, if anybody went into this Cowboy Bebop live-action thing expecting something good, I'm sorry that you were disappointed, but that's why you always look at the track record of these companies and see what they do. It's the same with people that get mad that the new Call of Duty or Battlefield ships in an unfinished state and it's unplayable and they're mad because they spent the $70 now that full price games are now 70 bucks yeah they spend that on the game in order to get an unfinished product that's broken and i'm like look at activision look at ea look at these companies they have been known to do this with video games so don't be surprised when they continue to do it and people still pay money for it yep and so that's why I don't support those games. I don't support Netflix with their live action products. And I will instead put my money and focus on things that I like, like Star Wars, because Star Wars will never fail me. Hey. <laughs> hey. There you go. That's a topic for another day. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, but yeah, yeah uh, th- I got that's, you. that's honestly, that's, that's how I feel about it. Um, and that's why I... I'm not going to be angry at, at it. I'm going to be disappointed, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go online and be like, Netflix has ruined my childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing, man. At the same time, people have a right that are fans. Okay, the purpose of remaking a lot of this stuff is because you're hoping that the fans that love the original property will come on board and enjoy something about the, about the new one. Let's just be honest. That's what nostalgia is all about. That's why I feel like that uh, no, that Spider-Man No Way Home, which comes out next week, uh, by the time we, but you know, a week for the time we're recording, rather, let me put it that way, um, will it will possibly be a movie that draws? You know, it's one of the first movies post-pandemic or whatever we're state we're in currently uh, to make a billion dollars or whatever because. Or, you know, not maybe a billion in the first weekend, but I make a ton of money 
because there's a lot of nostalgia stuff going on in this movie. I mm -hmm. mean, there's a lot of villains that we haven't seen in forever, and we're seeing these villains now again from all these other different Spider-Man movies over the last how many years? You know, we're getting to see, you know, a Will Electro showing up, and then there's Green Goblin, and then there's Doc Ock, and then there's Sandman, and then possibly there's Venom, you know, and there's all these other people. Possibly, rumor has it that possibly they're going to pull the trigger on Ned Leeds becoming a Hobgoblin during this. You know, we're going to get Hobgoblin, possibly. So, I mean, there's all sorts of crazy nostalgia bugs going off on this thing. So, nostalgia works when done well. But if you don't do it well, people as fans have a right to say, this didn't feel like what this was to me. I'm sorry. Uh, I wanted to love it. I wanted it to be done well. It wasn't. <laughs> you know, and that's just the thing. But I think a lot of times we are in a world now where it's like if you come and say, you know, I really didn't like this, then all of a sudden you're looked at as the enemy, not as somebody who's just like, you know, well, they're a fan. They have a right not to like it. You know, it would have been nice if they had, but, you know, we, we can't tell them that what to like or not like. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, if, if, if I enjoy it, I'll tell you that I like it. Mm -hmm. But if I don't like it, I have the right to say that, too, you know, as a fan. And it's like, respect the right of me saying I don't like this thing. And these are the reasons why. Because if you ask me, I'll tell you, you know. But anyway, uh, again... More stuff for another day on another fandom of some sort, I'm sure. Because I'm hmm. sure you, you will always continue to talk about the fact that fandoms, some fandoms are great, other fandoms not so much. I feel like the fans of Cowboy Bebop kind of did the right thing. It was just like, hey, no, this isn't really good for us. You know, but that's mm -hmm. just them. And that's just us. So anyway, uh, next thing we're going to talk about is the wonderful world of comics for a minute. Oh, oh. before that. Sure. Just because I, I mentioned it before. Okay. Just quick news uh, concerning Ryan Reynolds. Um, earlier this week, Ryan Reynolds has uh, announced that he is going to be taking an, a break from acting for a while. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is is a reason that I, I can't help but just agree with. Um, and, and that is uh, his, beforehand, um, he didn't have any kids for a while. And now he has a few kids that are... Uh, starting to get a little bit older. They're still children, um, right. but he wants he, him and his wife Blake Lively uh, wants to focus on being parents to the kids for a while. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. And so, I wanted to I wanted to throw that out there um, so that uh, he, he, the project that he's working on right now I don't remember what it is. It's been announced as a public thing, but yeah. Um, he, w he was saying after that's done, he because traveling keeps him away from his family so much, yeah. um, That's he wants to do that. And I'm all like, hey, uh, I don't blame you, Ryan. Um, I'm just hoping that when talks for uh, Deadpool 3 happen, uh, you're available. <laughs> yeah. Because trust me when I that, tell you, I'll be there when he comes back. Don't worry. He, he, that's right. You're not losing a fan as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm good. But, uh, yeah, and that's important. It, you know, it's weird. You hear people say all the time, you know, the old adage growing up for me, I think a lot of guidance counselors used to say it, and stuff like that was, you know, if you find a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. 
And that's kind of true to some extent because you may feel like, you know, the stuff you're doing is stuff you enjoy doing, but that doesn't mean it's not work. And in SLA, a lot of people, a lot of people look at it, they try to say, well, oh, it's not that bad, you know, he's an actor, why isn't he just doing it? It's like, no, like, there's a lot going on in acting, there's a lot of time away from families. I mean, shoot, man, there are wrestlers that take time off for the same reason. They're, you know, football players and other athletes and different things like that all over the place that do that for a lot of the same reasons. They're like, I don't want to miss my kids growing up. You know, I've, I've been on the road for 300-something days in a year, and, you know, I've missed a bunch of ball games, I've missed a bunch of dance recitals, I've missed a bunch of all sorts of stuff. And I don't want to keep missing those things because I don't get that time back. You know, when it's time, when it's all said and done, that time is gone. And so I just miss that. And so I can understand him saying, you know, maybe I just need to, I just need to step aside and do, do this for them, you know. And I'm like, cool. I appreciate that. But, so, you know, yeah, and Deadpool and whatever else you're doing, because I, the thing about it is I enjoy more than just the Deadpool franchise stuff. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, I think, is a, is a genuinely funny actor. It's just really good at this craft and I mean yeah he, he he has the ability to do these serious roles but at the same time he also brings a lot of passion into the funny ones and I think that's well worked and well done so anyway we're about out of this and head into the land of IDW for just a minute IDW of course has the property licenses currently to Transformers and to G.I. Joe but they are going to lose those rights. And rumor right now is that Robert Kirkman, of course, the person that works at Image that did Walking Dead, uh, is wanting to pick up those um, rights so that he can uh, so that he can publish publish those uh, books at Image. And so, if that's the case, then that means that Image Comics would get the licensing rights for as far as the comics go for uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe, which of course Hasbro, it, part of it, what IDW losing the rights has to do with the fact that Hasbro has not been too happy with the way that IDW has handled the Transformers property as of late. And so Hasbro is, Hasbro is the primary owner of the concept. So if they're not happy with the way the comics are going, then they're looking for somebody else too to try to get, you know, some other you know, traction on the books to get some traction on things so that they could, uh, so they can get these properties making money beyond just the toys because, of course, anything like that, you know, you got to look at the licensing and all that stuff and that's just, the, that's part of it. And so if they're looking at it going, we're not making the money we should be making off of this property that we've had out for over how many years or how, because Hasbro's had it for a couple of years now officially for all, everything. You know, I know they had some of the rights for toys and stuff like that. They have rights to all of the stuff as they do now. And so, yeah, they're going to want to make sure that property is making money no matter where it is. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because if uh, Image starts doing uh, Transformers, you know, my question is, do we get a topic for all the super, super exclusive cover <laughs> for, for Transformers now? You know, do we get a possible other Image all-star types coming in and doing stuff like that. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm a fanboy. I just want to, I just want really cool things. So, but yeah, there really looks like the rumor mill right now. So Robert Kirkman wants to purchase the, uh, the comic rights to the, uh, Transformers property so that they could do stuff with it. And I think it'll be interesting if they do. So, 
We'll see. And it, did you ever read any of the comics, the Transformers comics by the IDW? Not at all. Okay. I didn't know if you had. <laughs> I, you know, my, it's funny because the first time I really ran into a lot of stuff with the Transformers comics, honestly, was back in the day with, uh, back in the day with uh, Marvel, with the Marvel stuff. I really didn't do a whole lot of the comics as far as the as IDW. I've heard a lot of good stuff about some of the comics with IDW, but I've never really uh, gotten into them as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really. I don't really read a lot of comics, as I've mentioned before. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I read manga. Yeah, and that makes sense. That that I, I can see that 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 makes sense. I just like I said, I always like to ask, just to make sure, just to see where people are at on it. Just like I said, it's just it's an interesting journey. I know I've seen some big. IDW has done a lot for the properties. I just don't know if there's anything really memorable for the properties as of late. I mean, the closest thing to memorable I can think of is. They did the storm. They did the Storm Shadows, uh, a Snake Eye series, a while back. Uh, Rob Liefeld mm-hmm. doing the artwork. That's the last memorable thing I've seen them do that for. So I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that reality, man. Uh, yep. You know. Well, I I can say I've I've never really been that big of a fan of GI Joe. Oh, okay. I don't. I, I think GI Joe's okay, but you know. Um, I, yeah, I just I was never really into it. I always like Transformers and and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles more than GI Joe. Yeah. So I think my thing is uh, I love stuff that's more animated or some of the movies. I've not liked as much of the uh, properties in the comic mode. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like that's something we needed to talk about. Next thing uh, on the list is uh, WWE has come as released. Jeff Hardy. Now, the thing about this interesting is, is that at no point has WWE or uh, or Jeff Hardy come out and been like, hey, this happened. You know, I'm officially no longer working for the company, vice versa, anything like that. Nobody's, nobody's confirmed anything as far as that goes uh, from either side. But um, that's where things are right now. A lot of people are talking about this uh, thing with Jeff being released, they're talking about the fact that um, it, there was a show, I think it was a couple weekends back, and apparently he was tagging with Drew McIntyre against the Bloodline, and uh, so when he was tagging against them, he opted to, uh, when he was out of the deal or whatever, he opted to go and like, he ended up like tagging out, but when he tagged out, they, um, he just ran off. And so he kind of left on his own volition. And then, um, of course, nobody really knew what was up. Uh, security followed him out. He ends up, you know, going off and doing the whole trying to figure out what was up thing. You know, and nobody said anything. The next thing you know, um, apparently, rumor had it that Vincent basically said, hey, we're willing to offer you rehab. But it's one of the few things that WWE does well is anybody that's ever worked for the company at any point, if they uh, if they're if they're found to have a drug problem of any type, they will offer rehabilitation for them and they will cover it. Even if the person doesn't work for WWE anymore, they'll cover it. They're just like we're we're willing to we're willing to we're willing to pay for it, you know, and everything. But Jeff basically said that uh, 
Yeah, so basically said no. So as a result, WWE parted ways with him. And so again, it's all rumor because Jeff himself has not confirmed anything. Um, neither is WWE. WWE hasn't posted anything on WWE.com saying, hey, Jeff Hardy was released. We wish him well on his future endeavors type thing. But even with this, of course, he's released and he's still got his 90-day contract because, you know, WWE is going to pay him basically the next 90 days to, you know, to not do anything and not wrestle for any other promotions for 90 days. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Matt, his brother, came out. When everything went down at first, all I think he said was something, and again, this is be paraphrasing, he came out and basically said, hey, uh, my brother's okay. You know, he's at home. Everything's good. Uh, anything else that needs to be said, it's not really my place to say it. But he's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's basically where the last day was led off to. So then, um, of course, you know, another tweet went out, I believe it was yesterday or so, and he basically said, you know, I'm feeling extremely fortunate about my brother's future. Uh, possibly teasing a reunion of the Hardy Boys or some kind. Um... Uh, in, in a wrestling organization. I'm not going to say it's limited to AEW, uh, but because, of course, we found out last night that uh, Braun Strowman showed up at ROH. So, that's a whole other. I don't know if you were aware of that or not. I was not. So, yeah, he showed up with EC3. And um, basically, they EC3 cut a promo basically telling everybody there that, you know, these wrestling organizations have taken the joy out of wrestling and made wrestling a very soulless corporate entity and all this other stuff where people are concerned about being hired or fired more than the craft. We're going to take it back, but we're going to have to fight everything we can to take it back the way we do. And so then, like, a bunch of other people came out to, uh, out, and then Braun came out last. Just started beating the crap out of people. His name is Adam? Adam Bashir. Yes, I know. Adam, Adam Cher. Cher? Is it Cher? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Bashir for some reason. But okay, so he basically came out and so Adam just started basically beating the crap out of people. Who And not only is he jacked as all get out, but he's thinner. Like, he's cut weight super hard. Like he was losing yeah, weight he before he was losing weight before he got let go from WWE. He was already looking like a, looking like a beefcake beforehand. As he referred to himself often as he was a beef, part of the beefcake mafia. Big old swole dude to a cut. <laughs> Yeah, he's looking good. Oh, yeah, he does. He, he definitely does. He looks like a guy who should be wrestling somewhere. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was, <laughs> I I highly assume that he's a hot commodity. So Yeah. Of course, the um, bad thing about it is with him showing up at ROH, ROH is kind of like this show is kind of the last big show for the year, and ROH isn't guaranteeing anything, I think, past March. So I don't think he signed a contract with them because they, as a right now, they don't really exist past March at all, like as an entity anymore. Mm -hmm. So I mean, unless things change, which they could, but as of right now, you know, ROH just said pretty much after March, whoever, who other people who have have contracts up through March will be released in March with any payouts that they need to pay out, paying them fully out for the rest of their contracts, mm -hmm. so they can go do whatever they want to do, but. You know, hey, I mean, you know, the big man, the big man can go where he wants to go. I'm not going to tell him. To, I'm not going to tell him no. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And I believe in a funny, funny, twisted story. Uh, there was a photo shoot last week with Raquel Gonzalez and, uh, and, um, oh, no, I can't think of her name. 
Um, she's she's in the tag team. Oh, Rhea Ripley. So apparently they're really good friends, and uh, her and Indy Hartwell they were all real good friends in NXT. So of course, out of the three of them, the only one that's on the main roster, of course, is Rhea Ripley. And so they're all in this picture together, and apparently she revealed, uh, Rachel Gonzalez revealed that pretty much her and Braun have been dating for about three years. And of course, Raquel Gonzalez, if you've ever seen her, she's a gigantic woman. Mm-hmm. And just gorgeous woman, you know, very much Latina, very much, you know, into all that. But yeah, she, I'm like, yeah, I'd hate to see them both, like, together on the same page anywhere in any wrestling organization. Because, I mean, Raquel Gonzalez should be destroying people, and Braun should definitely be destroying people. But you got to have them in places where they can really thrive. Because I, 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 I don't see Raquel Gonzalez really thriving in WWE. There's just too many people at the top spots that aren't going to get moved. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Braun, no matter where he goes, I mean, if he ends up going to like Impact, for example, I mean, yeah, he could kill everybody on Impact, but that's about as far as he's going to go because he goes to AEW, he has to start back at the beginning of the line, back at the end of the line with all the talent they have. Same thing, if he goes back to WWE, it's got the same thing. He's not one of the big dogs. Vince made it clear. He didn't see him as, as a future guy. You know, and so, yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I wish there was a really good option. Like, I wish NWA had a TV deal. I wish Billy mm-hmm. Corgan and NWA had a TV deal that had them be, like, a really strong third. Uh, because I don't feel like Impact's been a third for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, that's just me. So, but anyway, uh, I'm going to ask you this question. Favorite Jeff Hardy moment? Um... I liked, uh, well, it, it was, I think it was, I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, Okay. but I'm pretty sure it was uh, Jeff Hardy that gets speared <laughs> by Edge yes. while he's hanging off of yes. the yes. money in the bank. Yes. Yeah. That moment. <laughs> I remember, That's my favorite moment. Yeah. I remember um, one of the Edge uh, DVDs, they asked Edge about, they were like, so how did y'all practice that particular uh, that particular bump? He was like, practice it. We didn't. <laughs> there is no practice for that. You can't get on top of a twenty foot ladder and practice spearing somebody off of. A... <laughs> we had one shot. We trusted that we neither one of us would let the other one die. That's how we did it. Yep. Um, when it comes to Jeff Hardy, like. Um, I've never been a massive fan of Jeff Hardy, and that's mainly because I know uh, too much about the stuff that had been going on in the background for him yeah. uh, for much of his career. Um, and um, my my constant worry that um, he, that he's he's having problems, and um, it's clear that that's like the reason why he's being let go right now. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just want him to be to be better. I don't, I, I would much prefer him not to wrestle until he's better and actually better. Not just says he's better or is like, ah, I did a thing. I should be good now. I got a certificate or a chip or whatever. So I'm good now, Yeah. but I want him to be better. Um, and, and so, uh, but I, I mean, there's, there's a reason a lot of people, that the big reason that people really liked Jeff Hardy is because of how willing he was to do high flying stunts and bumps from 
from crazy places, from crazy high up. Um, and that's something to be admired and something to respect. Yeah. But I go back and I watch that uh, that fight uh, between him and Sting, and he oh, is just that, completely oh, that, yeah. messed up. And he cannot, he should not have been in that ring. He was not functioning correctly. And Sting had to pretty much end the match as quickly as possible for for Jeff's own safety and for Sting's own safety. Yeah. And and so I see Jeff and I think about that moment a lot. And so it, it's hard for me to support him when I know that he's still having struggles. Yeah. So I I just I'd I'd prefer him to like I know we would be missing out on some amazing stunts and amazing work in the ring. But if it's going to come at the cost of somebody's health, I don't want to support that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, we talked about this when we talked about Nia Jax. You know, and she said, you know, she was having a, she was taking a mental health break. And then now she's even gone so far as to say she doesn't even know if she's ever going to return to the wrestling ring again. Like there are other things mm-hmm. that she can do. She doesn't need to go back to wrestling. And like if this, if her not going back to wrestling helps her have better mental health, I'd rather her not go back. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like if she goes back to wrestling, I feel like she needs to spend at least three years somewhere really training because when we see her in a wrestling ring, she needs to be something totally different. Mm-hmm. And but I, if, if I'd rather not see that, I'd rather her go and model. I'd rather her go because she did that for a long time before she ever even got in a ring. So I'd mm-hmm. rather her <laughs> go do that. I'd rather go do whatever, start a business. You know, um, I don't care. You know, model clothing for you know big women with Lane Bryant. Whatever you got to do, honey, do that. You know, mm-hmm. but I'd rather see her do that, and I'd rather see Jeff get the help he needs. Um, or if he's not because this is the thing nobody's confirming officially that he was under any real ill repair at that point you know one of the things that matt did say was my brother has had issues with his back and his knees and -hmm. his head for years he said is it possible that he may have re-injured something yes is it possible that he may have refused Rehab because he didn't need rehab. Yes. But why would they offer rehab if there wasn't a substantial reason? Right. You know, and those are things that those are questions that have been asked. So only Jeff Hardy, really, at WWE can answer those questions. Yeah. You know, and my favorite, uh, my favorite um, Jeff Hardy moment was actually the match. I think it was on Raw. Uh, it was a ladder match between him and Taker. Uh, Taker was a undisputed champion at the time, and so he was he was defending that championship against Jeff. And uh, you know they basically pulled out all the stops, man. They, you know Jeff did what Jeff does, and Taker did what Taker does. And Taker's leaving the ring after he wins the match, and he said something to Jeff at the very beginning. He said, "Son, you won't be standing by the time this thing's over with." And Jeff gets on the mic. And he yells out at Taker, Hey, Taker, I may need some help, but I'm still standing. I ain't dead yet, Taker. I'm still standing. And Taker comes back in the ring, and of course, it's Lawler and JR. 
Mm. And they're just like, oh my gosh, shut up, kid. It's okay. Just let him go. You don't have to take this anymore. It's okay. Taker goes and grabs his hand and raises his hand. And Taker talks about, Taker talked about recently in an interview that he was like, well, I didn't necessarily like the idea of doing a ladder match because that's not something I normally would have done. But they said it was to put Jeff over. So I was willing to do that. Because I'm always willing to put over somebody else who is not where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Because we got to make more stars that way. It's the only way you make more stars by putting people over. If you don't ever put anybody over, GWWE, I wonder why where he learned that from. He's old schooler. Maybe if he somebody like him was around and helped y'all with the current croc, maybe y'all could make more stars. Anyway, uh, but Taker said basically, I do anything I can to put other people over because I know we need to make more stars. And so that really helped them push Jeff into a singles career, and he ended up winning the World Heavyweight Championship like twice off of that. But that was the match that really set him up as an individual solo guy. You know, he just because for so long he had just been known as the part of the tag team, part of TV Street. But you know, I mean, only time will tell, man, uh, on what happens next with him. I mean, does he need to go to AEW? I don't feel like he does. I feel like I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, that we'd want to, you know, come in and. Um, you know, really just let him uh, heal. However, whatever that means for him. Whatever that means. Uh, if 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 it if he wasn't impaired by any drug or alcohol and it was just something to do with he got injured somehow, let that truth come out so that we can deal with that. Mm-hmm. If he was impaired, okay, let that truth come out so we can deal with that. But uh, I know his wife came on Twitter and basically said, hey, Jeff's home, he's okay. You know, it's basically kind of the same thing Matt had said. So, um, that's really all that was put out there for right now. And that's all we know. So, uh, we're going to take a short break. And we're going to come back. And Jacobs is going to take over. And uh, start. we're going to start talking about the game awards that just dropped this mm-hmm. weekend. So, after these messages, we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Um, we're going to continue our conversation now. Um, so this Thursday, um, as of the recording of this podcast, uh, was the annual game awards, which, uh, had quite a few things we can go over. I don't, there, there was a lot of announcements, uh, which is the main reason why I watch the game awards is cause I want to see what kind of, uh, what kind of announcements, uh, new things are being announced. Um, and you know, they got that that FOMO going on, that fear of missing out. <laughs> so um, don't tell my boss, but I kind of had it running in my pocket and I was listening to it while I was at work, but shh. Um, and so I, I I watched the entire thing while it was live. So uh, I saw everything and, and there was, a, there was a f- quite a few announcements that I'm like, hey, that's cool. Some other announcements are always all like, mm, I don't really care about that. And then some other announcements where I was all like, that looks like something that I'm going to have to get right away. Uh-huh. So um, we'll go ahead and go through the announcements. And afterwards, if you're interested, we could go over act- the actual awards if you want. But all right. um, those are those are less interesting to me. <laughs> so uh, first things first, um, the Final Fantasy VII remake is now coming to the PC. Oh, Um Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate uh, and Forspoken 
uh, are, are both, you know, if Forspoken is a different thing. Um, but they're, they're going to be coming uh, to PC so people can actually play it on PC now and not just on the PlayStation. All right. So that's kind of cool. Um, this one was exciting to me because uh, I got to play this game in the in the past. But Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, which is a Persona uh, fighting game uh, made by Arc System Works, one of the more well-known anime fighting game creators out right now. Um, it's being re-released on Switch, PS4, and PC. That kind of makes sense in the land of uh, Persona being added to Smash Bros. and such. Oh, it came out way before Persona was added to Smash Bros. Oh, right. No, I'm talking about them releasing it for releasing that for Switch. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're connected, but it is a convenient thing now yeah. for for fans of Persona to play more Persona on Switch now. Um, there was a, a new clip that uh, of the Matrix Resurrections, um, a new longer clip that they had shown, um, which I. I, I've mentioned before I'm not mega hyped about, but maybe you're excited about that one. I do love The Matrix. At least the first yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, the first one. <laughs> That's kind of my cutoff point. Once you go past the first one, I'm kind of like, eh, I didn't need the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the free-to-play game Arc Raiders is the first game from ex-Battlefield developers. Arc Raiders is a game that's coming out. More More news about a very hyped video game among the gaming community, but I don't think it's like super huge among non-gamers, but the game Elden Ring, um, which is a really anticipated game from the developers of Dark Souls. Um, it, there, there was more trailer and gameplay stuff that they were showing off um, during the Game Awards that a lot of people were really excited about. So there was that i i myself am only kind of a dark souls fan i'm not super into the game series yeah um and i don't know if you've played any of them i've i've only played enough to know that it's one of the most difficult games i think i've ever played in my life it's hard that it's a hard series it's very difficult there okay moving on uh a halo tv series there was a trailer for that for paramount plus Um, right that is correct it's going to be arriving at paramount plus Paramount Plus next year. Um, the first-person shooter Crossfire X uh, will be launching in 2002 on the Xbox by Remedy Entertainment. 2002 or 2022? 2022. Okay. <laughs> it's like, wait, we're back in time. How did that happen? <laughs> I, I misspeak sometimes. That's okay. I just figured I'd make a joke um, out of it. There's, there's a new Battle Royale coming out called Rumbleverse that looks... Uh, very cute. I believe that's done by uh, Epic Games as well, which means it's possible they're going to Fortnite the living daylights out of this and use all these other licenses to <laughs> get people into it. i double check on that. I do not know if it's also made by Epic Games. I do believe it is. I do believe I heard that somewhere. Yeah, it does look like it's... Um, oh, it's being made by Iron Galaxy, but they're going through Epic Games. Oh, okay. So, so it's Epic um, Games adjacent then, right? Well, the Epic Games is going to be the publisher. Gotcha. So, um, don't know if that means that they're going to be Fortnite and around or not. That's true. We'll see. Um, Among Us is coming to VR. Um, 
that'll be fun for all the you know rich 12 year olds that have vr sets so good for them <laughs> <laughs> among us is is a is a fun game but i think i think there's been enough among us there's been enough um, among us among us yep there's a new star trek game that was revealed by a former telltale games uh talent called star trek resurgence um so there's going to be a choice based uh telltale like system going on with that um so there's that there's a game called forespoken uh by luminous productions um so it that's one that seems interesting but i'm not mega interested in um a borderlands spinoff game called tiny tina's wonderlands um will be releasing very soon there's just a new trailer that they dropped for it it wasn't like a new announcement or anything huh um so that's pretty cool uh this one was one that came by surprise and has made both smiter and pie man uh oh and and josh as well so all the mythos boys very excited okay this announcement the announcement for warhammer 40k space marine 2 oh so um it's a sequel to the space marine game that uh was available a while back okay um that's very exciting because it kind of the game ended on like a cliffhanger and we're like well i don't know if they're ever gonna come back to that again and it's been a long time so i guess we found out um, that it's been a long time and they know they left you without a throat don't beat the step to but they brought one and so that that's an announcement that we're very excited about. Uh, next up, the first gameplay reveal. This was a game that was re- that we had talked about in the past. Yes. Um, because they announced it before. But first gameplay footage shown for Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that's been two years ago? That was two fandoms ago. Because <laughs> they revealed that at the first fandom. And then they just said something about they said something about it as far as it went, and then now we got a trailer where we got yep. actual gameplay footage. I'm like, wow, that's been two years ago that they had out that. Yep, that's how games sometimes get announced is like three years before they actually like have something substantial to release. But um, yeah, that that game's going to be coming pretty soon, and it's looking really good. Made by Rocksteady, so um, once again, this is another thing of like just just look at the um just look at the history of the company and the games that they make yeah and i mean rocksteady made the batman arkham series which is one of my favorite superhero based series of video games ever and it's a highly praised uh series of games so um and and Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League looks like it's going to be very good as well from what I've seen. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I I, I will say this right off the bat. Uh, when I saw the um, when I saw the trailer or whatever and I saw like the Flash kind of as the main bad guy I was just like, this is going to be bonkers. He's not the main bad guy. Oh, he's he not is the main a bad, bad guy. He's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. I probably should have specified that. But yeah, he he definitely is a jerk. So yeah. 
which, you know, that's kind of Flash's thing, whatever, Brainiac. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's Brainiac like the main bad guy. Isn't he like taking control over the Justice it, League? And that's how Amanda Waller is getting this kind of car blanche, kill them all type thing. It's highly suggested that uh, Brainiac is kind of the one that's causing all this stuff to happen with the Justice League. So, yeah, I guess they feel like it'd be easier to kill the Justice League than it would be for them to kill Brainiac. <laughs> so that's the reason why it's like, they're kind of like, it's like, if there's a choice between killing Brainiac or killing the whole entire Justice League, would you just do better off by killing Brainiac? But of course, maybe it's because he's got control of the Justice League and you know, there's no way to really stop him without them. Yeah, I think the suggestion is is that he's using the Justice League to protect himself. So they have to go through the Justice League to get to Brainiac. Hmm. Well, yeah, at that point, I would definitely say that's a uh, that's going to be a tight chore for the Suicide Squad. But I will say this. I do love a lot of action beats that they have. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, freaking Killer Shark, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Killer Shark. That's all I got to say. That's all I want to say. Killer Shark, dude. King or King, King shark. shark, rather not Killer Shark. Killer Shark is decent. It's Marvel, right? I think you might have him confused with Killer Croc. Maybe. But yes, King Shark. There's also, by the way, an unrelated Batman villain called Great White Shark. But hey, don't worry about it. Because yeah, you know. <laughs> Confusion. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it happens. DC's a big company. It's got a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. So, yeah, the gameplay looked interesting. I mean, some of the stuff, like, for example, with Death's, uh, with, uh, I believe, is it Deathstroke or is it, uh, yeah, I think it's Deathstroke in this version. Deadshot. Oh, Deadshot. Yeah, yeah, Deadshot. Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, King Shark, and Harley Quinn. Okay. So basically, the majority of the crew for the first movie. Minus Enchantress. Yes. <laughs> and also not Slipknot. Yeah. No, no. No No Killer Croc. No. Um, I just won't be UT in my, in my cell. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't remember what the Latino guy's name was. Uh, no, not him. El Diablo. El Diablo. Thank you. No, El Diablo. Um, so really it's Captain Boomerang, no Rick Flag. so it's Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, Harley Quinn, and then also King Shark. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a point during the gameplay trailer where you see like King Shark just grab some dude and just bite his head off. I'm like, yes, this is the way it should be. <laughs> this is pretty awesome. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. I, I love what I saw of that trailer. Um, you know. Now, I do have a question. Um, the Gotham Knights game, mm-hmm. is that still not that's still not out yet, is it? Nope. Okay. I wonder for sure. And I don't know if they if they had anything on it or not, any updates on it for this or not. So. I haven't heard a thing about it. Okay. I think apparently McFarlane got action figures, so apparently we're getting action figures for it, but I didn't know when the game was coming out. Uh, I can check, but that wasn't part of the Game Awards at all. Okay. People are not as hyped for it as, as Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Well, I mean, that, that's fair to say. 
But uh, if we're done talking about that, we can move on. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you, you, you got the show, man. You take it. No, I just want to make sure that you get the opportunity to say what you oh, want yeah, to say. Oh, yeah. No, I've said all I want to say about that. Well, there we go. <laughs> uh, the next announcement, uh, there's a League of Legends uh, has a new album, uh, Music. Uh, that it, that is coming out called Sessions Diana. Um, it's out now. Um, I believe that the people that put it together, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the one that they said that this music was made specifically so that streamers have some music that they can play without worrying about getting copyright strikes. Ah, um, cool. And because Twitch and YouTube and streaming in general, there has been a big thing about music and copyright strikes and 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 uh music companies like being predatory towards them yeah so um them announcing hey you can use this music if you want in your streams and it's fine then and that's a good thing um whenever i stream and i have music playing i always use the music made by kevin mcleod who specifically makes royalty free music so that you can play it without worrying about getting copyright strikes so hmm. Um, that's a that's good news for streamers. Um, I myself not a big fan of League of Legends, and I don't think you are either. Will no, I've I've heard of it. I, I've I've got a person I know that's really big into it, but like he used to play in his college team with it and stuff. And I was just like, I don't know enough about that meta. Apparently, there's a big meta surrounding that that I don't know anything about. So. Yep. It, it's a it's a big uh, uh, kind of team based game, um, and it's a it's one of the more popular esports uh, currently going right now. They have big old prize pools and stuff like that. It's it's big, um, but it's it's like I don't I don't really care. It's like Fortnite. Yeah. I don't I don't really care. Um, and in that game, it's different because at least if you buy certain certain uh, characters, they do have different effects that can uh, be a bit more overpowered than uh others because you know i don't think you have access to all the characters right away i think you only have access to one or like a few and I can, league of legends yeah. yes and i think you can yep. earn stuff during in game to buy stuff but it's that whole grindy system of earning stuff to buy figures and such so, or buy people yep. so Yep, it's another one of those you know pay money get get stuff for it. and then you can pay real money if you want or you could work for it but working for it is such a slog and a grind that it's like not worth it so um that's why i'm not interested <laughs> but we'll go ahead and move on to the next announcement um the the new 3d sonic game um was announced before uh but now we actually had some like uh, a longer trailer to show a little bit more stuff. It's called Sonic Frontiers. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know a ton about it. Uh, we just got like a teaser uh, showing off. It appears to be open world, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, as a, as a fan of Sonic, I I'm interested. I want to see what happens, but at the same time, I I'm known the the track record of Sonic games. And so I just, I wait cautiously to see. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Um, but uh, I'll wait and see if there's more of that later. Uh, next up, uh, Cuphead DLC will be coming. Ooh, um, I do like the look. I do like the Cuphead game. I, do, I never played it, 
But I love the look of it. I like the designs. I like the very cartoony, old schooly look of it. Yep. Um, it's also a very, very hard game. So oh, I bet it is. I don't. I don't know if you'd want to play it so much as you might want to like watch somebody play I, it. I think but. I would probably benefit more from watching somebody play it and getting like the art book for it or something. Yeah, the art book would be worth it. I think. Cuphead's got some got some really fun stuff, and it's nice to see that they got more DLC coming really soon. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's pretty exciting. Uh, we got a a new teaser trailer for a new Lord of the Rings game called Lord of the Rings Gollum, uh, which I believe is to set place between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Oh. Kind of some stuff that happened in between. I don't quote me on that. It could be. Uh, before the Hobbit, but I'm I'm not 100% sure. Right. I only know some stuff about it, but I'm like, it. I don't know a whole lot about this game. Um, it's just oh, uh, it's Lord of the Rings, and it's gonna be with Gollum. Uh, you're gonna be using Gollum a lot, so uh, we'll see how that goes. It's kind of like the series on Amazon Prime that they're talking about. That's gonna be a few years. It's just like don't know much about it. Just know it's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> hmm. Yep, don't know. We'll see. Um, next up, uh, an announcement that I don't really care for, but some people are, are going to be excited for. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds or PUBG uh, is come is is going free to play, so people can can start playing the battle royale for for free. So ah, uh, anybody, it, it's it's just Fortnite, but not as good. So ah, <laughs> but that's my opinion. Some people really like PUBG. I don't. I don't care. Fair enough. <laughs> it's like you don't care either way because it's just like I don't like PUBG for the gameplay dynamic. I don't like for I don't like Fortnite for its crazy amounts of manipulation on buying skins and other things. Mm-hmm. So um, next up, uh, a new game from a new studio. Um, a new video game is called Nightingale. It's a new survival crafting game um, that uh, features very fancily dressed monster hunters in this Victorian gaslight fantasy game. Ooh. Gas lamp fantasy game. Um, we don't know a whole lot because it, it was like a brand new teaser trailer. And with teasers, they don't give you a whole lot. They just give you like a setting and kind of an idea of what it's going to look like. But as far as you don't know what kind of other stuff you're going to be doing, there's like crafting and stuff involved with it. That's all we really know. Yeah, I'm about to say, boy, when you talk about teaser trailers, you're not lying because when you talk about another one here in a minute, it's going to be just as bad, if not worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next up, there's a, another expansion to Destiny 2, uh, The Witch Queen, um, which will be talking about uh, Mars and stuff. So. Anybody that's really interested in Destiny 2, there's more stuff for that. Which is like, yeah, it's, it's okay, I guess. You cannot stop oh. me from achieving my destiny! <laughs> nothing to do and with the video died. game. Yeah, nothing to do with the video game, by the way. That was totally a quote from Transformers the movie, but, just, you know. Just wanted to get that nerd card in exactly. there Because destiny! <laughs> um, next up, uh, they, there's a teaser trailer for Alan Wake 2, which is a game that a lot of 
uh, fans of the original Alan Wake are, were, have been wanting for a long time. Um, so people are going to be excited about that. I myself haven't played the original Alan Wake, uh, but I've heard good things, and I would like to try it out sometime. Okay. Maybe I would be interested in Alan Wake, too. I've, I've heard good things. Next up, let's, uh, let's shout-outs to, to more DC stuff. There is a Wonder Woman game coming. Wonder Woman. Being made by the same uh, developers, Monolith uh, Productions, that uh, made the uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor games. Um, So same company as that. Um, We don't know a whole lot past that, but... Uh, we're we're gonna be getting Wonder Woman. Yep, and a trailer basically has who we could appear. It may be Hipp- Hippolyta talking to her daughter and basically saying that um, you know the uh, we know that you're a hero that the outside world is is needed you has had need of you in the past, but now there's a threat here on the island and we have need of you now. You know, we know you as a hero, but you could be more than that. You can be a ambassador or something like that. And so, like, you just see her run around with a rope, and she's twirling the rope around, and you just see kind of out of the black, out of the darkness, her twirling this glowing version of her rope around, and that's about it. So, you know, it's not a whole lot there, really. You know, yep. other than that, you know, of course, uh, I, I saw, I think it was Grace Randolph did a review on it. And I think one of the things she mentioned was she said she's, she would be highly upset if after all these video games and stuff have had in the movies, in the first movie primarily, had Wonder Woman run around with a sword and all that sword and her shield. If they all of a sudden just took those away from her and basically gave her like rope food instead where she was just using her rope to, to do like fighting instead. And it's just like, yeah, but they may not want her killing people in a video game. <laughs> you know, so that may be part of it. We don't know because we don't know what the, you know, what we're actually going to be getting with that. So we can't assume one way or the other. We just know that in that particular teaser trailer, she did not have her sword or her shield. Yeah. It is a teaser. We don't have any further information. Right. It's very likely that the trailer itself is just showing the most iconic stuff about Wonder Woman, which is her lasso of truth and her gauntlets and her headpiece mm-hmm. and her outfit. Yep. So that's it. And once again, it's a teaser. We have nothing. Yep. We just know that it's going to be made by the same guys that made Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor. Um, so that's pretty cool. Here's hoping for some awesomeness. That's all I got to say. Oh, we can, we can, I feel pretty confident that it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, especially if it's made by those same guys. So next up. Is it time for the wars? It's time for Star Wars. We got some Star Wars news. Ooh. It is a very, very simple chaser trailer for... A new video game called Star Wars Eclipse, brought to you by the game company Quantic Dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do know, I do know at least, that uh, it's going to be coming out of stuff from the New Republic stuff we've been getting a lot of in the books, and the comic books, and stuff like that from both IDW and Marvel. 
The High Republic. Uh, high, I'm sorry, not the new High Republic. You're right. You're right. High Republic stuff. Yeah. So it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be interesting because more like we're just getting a whole bunch. Of, I just saw a whole lot of cool aliens and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool at the end where you had the guys that were kind of beating the drums, and then the last thing is this just one creature that looks kind of like them that is like coming out of this black soup. And it's just like, whoa, I don't know what's going on, but that looks dope. Mm-hmm. That could be some of the coolest stuff. You know. So, but yeah, I mean, you see some, you see some, you see some Jedi's doing some fighting. You know, and you see some, and you see some people doing some things, but it all works out that way. It's really cool looking so far. It is very cool looking. Uh, us here at, in, uh, Mythos Studios. Uh, we're cautious about it because the company Quantic Dream. They so the company Quantic Dream has been known for a very long time to make video games that look very good mm-hmm. and have very good premises, mm-hmm. very good ideas. Mm-hmm. But then the actual execution of those ideas really fall apart when looked at with any level of scrutiny. Oh, that would suck. Um, they have made such games as n- nobody nobody knows this video game, but it is part of their repertoire. It was their first game, Omicron: The Nomad Soul. Then they made um, uh, Indigo Prophecy. Which is also called Fahrenheit outside of the United States. Okay. Then they made um, Heavy Rain. Then they made um, Beyond Two Souls. Then they made Detroit Become Human. Um, and that's that's been their list of games so far. I, I, I remember uh, there being a lot of uh, concerns about Detroit becoming human. Yeah. So. Like, Detroit Become Human is what we would consider here, over here, one of the, the least bad ones that they've made. Yeah, so... I've come across a lot of people that really, really like the Quantic Dream games and have a lot of high praise for the Quantic Dream games. So I I don't want to say too much bad stuff about the company because people love those games. Yeah. But they there's always something in there that... And, and we, we actually talked about this uh, on the Mythos podcast. We've, we've brought up the company and most especially the director for all these games and the the head of Quantic Dream. His name is David Cage. Now, first of all, one of the things that we're hoping for is that David Cage will not be involved with these games. Oh, wow. Because we feel that Quantic Dream could make a very good game, but David Cage has, let's say, eccentricities mm-hmm. that often bring these experiences down. Oh, ooh. Um, which there are way too much to go over to um, to to really do and like it would take an entire podcast episode in its, uh, in and of itself. But just a quick example in Detroit Become Human, uh, a lot of the lead up to it 
the the entire premise is like you you play as um some androids and it's in the future so androids are a regular thing um and they help out humans they they do chores they they're like maids or they'll they'll like you know androids are are uh, used a lot um and the lead up to the release of the game the director david cage was all like uh the the story isn't about racism okay it's about other stuff it's not an allegory for racism um I, and then you put in the game and immediately <laughs> e- immediately you're like this this is about racism dang and and it's it's ham-fisted racism um like uh it, it takes place in the city of Detroit which Detroit has had a lot of problems with with racism in the past yes and there's still like there's still semblances of that in Detroit um and and down to like you know automation really killed the jobs industry there and 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 that's why like this takes place in in Detroit Mm -hmm. and um just one of the first things that you see in this game to make you go hold on a second is uh, it shows uh, a public transportation bus, and it's a really nice bus. And in the very back, all the androids have to be in the back of the bus where they have to stand when they're being transported. They literally rose apart the robot. Literally. But, wow. Wow. That Okay, yeah. No, that's not about racism. That, you know... We never have situations, Kevin Smith and Master Chief Universe Revelations, where you we, the people tell us that, you know, this is going to be a direct spiritual sequel to the original thing. This doesn't have to deal with this. We're not trying to push that agenda. This is going to be for the true He-Man fans. And then, no, it isn't. Just like this game, it's just like, this isn't about racism. Yes, it is. <laughs> just be willing to put out there, this is what this is. Just say right. that. And then and people can e- make decisions if they want to buy it or not, based on you putting it out there. And, and then the problem also comes by of like, even if he would have just been outright and said it's about racism and it's an allegory for racism, right? Then then people would have come at it with a different light, right? Yeah. But then the problem also becomes like how poorly executed and handled this this serious subject matter of racism is handled in the video game right it's it's very i i, I can't go completely into it. It, it down to the example of all like oh androids have to sit they don't even sit they stand in the back of the bus wow right i'm just like you're just wholesale taking things from history instead of making a more believable world where the allegory happens instead of just straight up reusing what happened in the past. And so that that's just I'm going to not continue. Yeah, that's just that's just one example. I have a problem with Quantic Dream, but we're hoping and over here at uh, Mythos Entertainment, fingers crossed that David Cage is not involved with it uh, because it was it came out recently that quantic dream has a b team the main quantic dream is in france uh-huh. uh and david cage is french and that's where the company originally is from 
But they recently set up a B team, a second Quantic Dream team uh, in Montreal. Okay. So we're hoping that it's going to be the B team and somebody that a better writer is what we're hoping for, <laughs> for um, Star Wars Eclipse. Okay. And so that we're just, I'm hoping for the best until we hear more. Because we didn't hear David, we didn't see David Cage's name anywhere on the entire trailer. So fingers crossed that it's not David Cage that's heading this thing. Wow. Um, but yeah. So we're going to go ahead and move on. Um, well, there you go. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. We hope it's an awesome game, not with a bunch of crazy political SAWS type stuff. And hopefully it's a, it, it makes us feel like, you know, Stuff about Star Wars that we like, you know, as fans, you know, yeah. that'd be great and awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, next up, uh, we got th- this game was announced before, but we got more gameplay stuff showing off of Hellblade 2, um, which the, the first Hellblade was a game that uh, was kind of released on a, on a minimal budget. It was a, a lower budget game. But the, the company Ninja Theory uh, really put a lot of work and effort into it. And it's it was considered one of the best-looking games of the previous console generation. Didn't Ninja, and Hellblade... Wasn't Ninja Theory the guys that did one of the reboots of... Uh, uh, was it Shinobi? Uh, I th- maybe. That sounds right. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ninja Theory is also the one that made the reboot uh, DMC Devil May Cry, but oh. I'd have to double check on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Okay. Um, and and um, we we did a whole playthrough of DMC Devil May Cry as well as all the other Devil May Cry games on our uh, Twitch channel. Including the emo Devil uh, May Cry? Yeah, that's the emo one is the reboot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we played them all. So, Gotta um, play them but all. I... Mm, uh, <laughs> That that one was that one was a bit ham-fisted there. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hellblade two. Uh, I hear a lot of good things about Hellblade. Uh, one of the big things is that it it handles uh, the subject matter of uh, mental illness in a very interesting and unique way, um, in a way that a lot of professionals really praised it for. That's so, a good thing. Um, and it seems that the main character is going to continue kind of that trend in in Hellblade two. So, we shall wait and see. Okay. Um, that sounds groovy. Yes. So, um, did you ever play Hellblade 1? No, I did not. Okay. I can't say I have either, so. There's a, a new game coming out called Thirsty Suitors uh, by Annapurna Games, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Annapurna Interactive. Um, which seems to be a story-based game that ha- has a similar concept to um, um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, ah. where you have to face off against your exes, and uh, it's a it's a really silly action-filled game with a lot of colors and a lot of um, it, it's just silly, lighthearted, and and stuff. Every now and then you need that in the world. You need a good, lighthearted game sometimes. That's right. Uh, And so that was uh, announced. There's um, a new installment on a classic space-based RTS game 
called Homeworld 3, which will be launching at the end of 2022. Real-time strategy um, game, I do believe. Yes, RTS stands for real-time strategy. Okay. And so that's uh, there's going to be a little bit more of that. Um, there's going to be a Telltale game based on the show The Expanse. Oh, um, I know Miss Jen so King ex- will love that. She's a big fan of The Expanse. Mm-hmm. So The Expanse is getting a Telltale game. Um, and so that will be, uh, that'll be coming out at some point. Um, cool. I didn't realize Telltale was still around making games. I thought they had kind of shut down. No, all of us around here, we thought that they had shut down too. We were like, oh, Telltale's still doing stuff? Okay, I guess. Cool. Um, so cool. Glad they're still in the fight doing the video game thing. That's right. And then the the last thing on here besides uh, I see that they didn't bring up uh, a couple of the trailers that were announced, um, which is too bad. Uh, the last thing on this list here uh, is a, a new Zelda-like uh, game by an indie studio. It's an indie game. It's called Tunic, um, where you, you play a, a fox uh, character. And you go around and it's very Zelda-like. It looks very, very much like Zelda. Huh. So it's it's very cute looking. Okay. Um, that was also announced. That sounds interesting. Um, yeah. So that was what was it for this list. One of the things that they didn't talk about was uh, there was a trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie. Uh, where we finally got to see... Uh, for the first time, uh, a one Knuckles the Echidna, yes, played by the always talented and always gorgeous Idris Elba. <laughs> yes, yes to all that. And so I don't have a, I don't that. have a man crush, but if I did, by George, it'd be Idris. Absolutely, it'd be Idris the Black Superman. Continues to I'm a black superman. Continues to prove that he can just do just about anything, and it's gonna be fine. When I saw the trailer, at first I'm like, okay, they did the whole, you know, he's kind of being a vigilante, and used to be Cyclops. Is what I call that actor because he was, you know, of course Cyclops in the in the X Men old X Men movies. So you know, used to be Cyclops was running around. He's just like, you know, you can't just. Your powers are going to need to be used or something at some point. You'll know what that is or whatever. And then all of a sudden, here comes Robotnik. You know, fully realized Jim Carrey. Because, I mean, yeah, uh, Knuckles kind of overshadowed the fact that Jim Carrey is fully Eggman now. And I appreciate the fact that they didn't put him in a fat suit and try to make him look exactly like the video game character. I feel like that was pretty gutsy of them to just be like, he's just, he's Eggman. And that's all we need. We don't need to make him fat. Like he wasn't a video game. We just got to let Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey. Dang it. And that's enough. And it was. You know. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey just doing what Jim Carrey does best. And. Uh, you know. We see the first appearance of a Chaos. Uh, I believe it's. Is, is, it a, is it a Chaos Emerald? Or is it a Chaos Gem? They're called Chaos Emeralds. But what we. What it looks like is going on in the trailer itself. That. That. Uh, Appears to be the master emerald. Oh, okay. The the emerald that gives power to all the chaos emeralds. So is that the one that would turn Sonic into like the Super Sonic? 
version of himself. No, the uh, gathering the seven individual Chaos Emeralds is what c turns him into Supersonic. Oh, okay. But the Master Emerald has the ability to turn off the Chaos Power that's within the Chaos Emeralds. Ah. Even and it's Knuckles' job to protect the Master Emerald uh, on Angel Island. Ooh. But yeah, so, you know, Sonic is doing his thing. He's going up against Eggman, making a fool out of him as only he can for a, for a while. And then he goes up and he's like, you can't have my power. You know, that, I kind of felt like it was that scene from uh, Iron Man 2 where he's like, you can't, it's the suit, you can't have it, you know. But, uh, he goes, you can't have my power. And all of a sudden, it's like, as an interruption piece. Like, because it's, it's not like Sonic is aware he's there yet. And, Tail, and Knuckles just comes in and he's all, and Tails, by the way, is in it officially. Because we got Tails at the end of uh, the first one, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. And uh, so he ends up, he ends up coming in. And, um, you know, he's flying a plane. Of course, they've got the... They've got the missiles and all that stuff. They're trying to dodge and all that. And then he's just doing what, what, what Tails does best. He's just flying the plane around and dodging stuff. You know, and then he does that charge-up attack. And then they say, you know, here comes Knuckles just with the fist. Just bow. Just like, nah. And he's like, what makes you think I need your power? And it's like, oh! Oh, gosh, this is great! <laughs> And then, and of course, uh, Dr. Robotnik is, comes up and says, Oh, how rude of me. This is Knuckles. And it's like, yes! <laughs> I'm so psyched. Are you sure you don't have a man crush? Because it sounds like you got I, a man I, I, crush. I, okay, I probably thought they'd admit I do. <laughs> but who wouldn't? It's Idris Elba, man. I mean, come on. It's Idris Elba. I'm sorry. Like, if I could... If God had said to me, you know, for your 50th birthday, Will, you're, you, you, I'm going to give you what you need in order to change you to look like any man on the planet that you want to look like for your birthday today. You can look like him for the full 24 hours from the time you uh, wake up to the time, you know, you go to bed. When you go wake up the next morning, you're going to look like yourself again. But for 24 hours, you can look like any dude. I'd be like, I'd be like, I got to look like Idris then. Pretty simple. Hmm. Gotta be Idris Elba for me. So, and I get to sound like him too. Like, I, but I can't like assume his identity. I just have to, I just have to be myself, but look like and sound like Idris Elba for a day. Mm -hmm. Like I love myself. Don't get it twisted. But still, I mean, Idris Elba versus me. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd rather be Idris. You know, at least for a day. Just saying. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I have a, a few more things. I had to go to another website to get more information. Okay. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, there is a uh, free-to-play Unreal Engine 5 experience. It takes place in the world of The Matrix that was also announced. Um, that is now available on, on PS5. Um, and it's it's just... A, it's kind of a tech demo, as far as I know. I didn't look it up. I'm not really interested in it uh -huh. but they showed they showed some some cool in in engine stuff that can be done now with unreal engine 5 um and it looks very realistic i'm wondering if this is this you said it's an online game 
Are they basically bring it back Matrix Online again, or is it something different? No, it's not. It, it's it's just a, a tech demo. Okay. It's, it's not even really a game game. Ah. Fair enough. So, yeah. Um, so they talked about that. Uh, there was a new game that came out of um, from from the creator of Silent Hill. Um, is a new horror game. Uh, it's called Slitterhead. Um, and it's it's a mega creepy looking uh, Silent Hill adjacent kind of game. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a little more action focused than old school Silent Hill games have been. Okay. So um, that was also announced as well. Um, oh, uh, a Dune video game was also announced. Dune video game. That sounds interesting called dune spice wars um which seems to be a, a another real-time strategy game um, i have a thought on be... that but i'm gonna wait till you get done yeah uh, go ahead uh, i was just explaining what what it was there's oh, not a whole lot to it yeah i just and sorry because as soon as you said spice world i really thought of like so wait the spice girls have been brought into dune somehow and now we're gonna see that situation come into front. Like, how would that work? Like, do we get it's, all the Spice Girls? Is it like, you know, do we have to sing the songs? <laughs> it's Spice Wars. Okay, not Spice World. Even, okay, so Spice Wars. Okay, that's fine. So some of the Spice Girls these factions, and <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't be going there. I, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's just in my head. That's how my head works, people. Sorry, you get to see the weirdness. You had me. to put it in there, you guys. It, it had to go. I had to say it. I couldn't it help had, it. He would have exploded otherwise. Yep, pretty much exactly how that would have went down. If we just heard a big large gigantic pop in the background, that would have been it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like there was something else that was announced, but. Like all of these websites, none of them have everything that was announced. Oh, see, even on these two websites, they didn't even—I didn't even make mention of one other thing, which is the last thing that I'm going to bring up mm-hmm. because it's pretty much the last thing that I'm willing to look up at the moment. Okay. Um, but they also announced that there is going to be a um, uh, a horror game based on. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my! Did you say why? No, I said oh my. Oh okay, I thought you said why, and I was all like, uh, "Texas Chainsaw Massacre." <laughs> no, I don't understand uh, the reason why. You got to remember, I'm not a big horror movie or genre fan. Right. So I mean, like the um, like the closest thing I ever got to like horror genre stuff, like Resident Evil. But that's more because mm-hmm. it feels more sci-fi-y than horror. Like, horror is kind of the aftermath of the sci-fi. You know, so, but, yeah. Like, that's something as I could get into Resident Evil more so because it didn't feel like horror to me at first. It felt like, oh, this is what happens when you mess with God stuff. You basically start trying to be God, and then this is how it, this is the breakdown that occurs. You make these crazy mm-hmm. zombies that can do all this stupid stuff, and then you're just sitting there going, but why? So, yeah, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But yeah, those were those were kind of the big announcements. So. All right. There's there's a few others that are just kind of smaller stuff that I don't really care about. And if anybody want, listening to the podcast has some other stuff that you want to bring up, feel free to leave uh, Will here a message. Yes, yes. I will definitely take that message and I will make sure to put it into the into the atmosphere with the rest of the stuff we do. So, uh, um, so which so I'm gonna ask you this: just which game out of the group that you saw were you really excited about? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Okay, that's my most anticipated one. I hope we get DLC of other members of the Suicide Squad that could join the fight at some point. Like, it would be interesting to get, like, because during the Rebirth storyline, we got an Amanda Waller that was very much an agent that was more out front, uh, as opposed to the Waller, the wall that we've gotten that's kind of just in the background manipulating everything. This was the younger Waller that would just go out there and just fire and shoot up whoever and risk her own life a lot of times to put things in there. But still had the button to press, so she was never too far away from the button if she needed it. So what you're saying is that you want Waller to be a playable character. That would be awesome. I would love that. Hmm. You know. I think I think you like Amanda Waller too much. Well, no, I'm just saying, in Rebirth, that happened. That was the way they had her out there. I mean, it'd be nice to get other members of the Suicide Squad, too, or people who've been a member, been a part of the Suicide Squad. That's been a pretty exhaustive list. Yeah, it's been a big list. People. I just think it's funny that you, you're all like, I would like DLC, more Suicide Squad members. I want Amanda Waller. <laughs> I'm like, I do. That, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so you don't care about any of the other guys. As a, You want Amanda Waller more than anyone else. Well, I mean, like, Amanda Waller would be my first pick. I mean, Bronze Tiger would be my second. Hmm. Yeah, I do like some Bronze Tiger. And uh, the fact that Michael Shaw White played him in Arrow didn't hurt. And, of course, he was mm-hmm. in the uh, couple of the animated projects that they've done for the Suicide Squad stuff as well. Uh, but, I mean... You know, yeah, would I mind them doing a comic book version of Killer Croc? No, I just don't want to see the job talking Killer Croc that we got in the movie. Ever again. I don't, this is clearly not connected to the movies in any way. Right, right, right. Except for the fact that Deadshot's black in this one. Yeah, well, they, 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 in Rebirth, they made him black in Rebirth, I think. But then they they brought him back as a white guy and and after Rebirth was done. Which I'm just like, what did you going to change, like... Are there multiple Floyd Nardens? Like, I don't understand how this is working with these realities. So I don't know. Why does Wally West keep going back and forth? Well, at one point, they were both they, were, they both existed in the same reality. That's the weird part. Like, there was a Wallace West that's black, and then there's a Wally West that's white. And they both existed in the same, same uh, deal. So, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, the multiverse is getting to the point where it's starting to piss me off. So... Mm. <laughs> It's only now starting to piss you off. Oh, no, I've been pissed off about it for a while, but it's my first time really voicing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yes. So. But Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is what I'm looking forward to. I don't want to say that they're going to get DLC right away. Rocksteady has made uh, other games, or in their other games, they have had like DLC later that was released later on that you can play as other characters, mm-hmm. but usually it's characters that are already in the game. 
Yeah. We don't know what to expect from Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Right. I would be happy with just a good base game and not worry about DLC because people obsess with DLC too much. Yeah. I could, I could, I could, I could, I can, I can definitely get into that. Um, I will say one other announcement that's not having to do with the video game stuff in, in the land of uh, that, that the video game awards, but. Uh, so, you know, we talked a while back about The Rock actually being used as a character, voicing a character in Fortnite. Uh-huh. Uh, named The Foundation. Yep. Uh, and as of this current season, he will be unlockable uh, as a character, finally. So there is a version of him, of course, that uh, that uh, has just the full armor on. And then there's a version of him, of course, that has the face revealed. And, of course, it's The Rock's face. Uh, right. Because well, it's a cartoony version of the Rock. Why would you not have the Rock as the character he's playing? But uh, people have already gone through and made memes of him running through with the song from Face Off with his, uh, you know, it's about drive, it's about power thing. Um, I, apparently, he was on a press junket a few weeks ago for Red Notice, and it, it, you gotta give it to the dude. He's a smart businessman. He really is. Uh, He's at a press checker for Red Notice. And one of the guys asked him, he said, well, you know, is there a song that you play when you're in the gym working out at insane hours in the morning that really gets you pumped and ready to go? He's like, is there a song that I play that I, gets me excited to go when I'm working out? There's one song I can think of in particular. And he's like, it's about drive. It's about power. And he's like, it's about drive. And he starts doing the line. And, like, the people at the press junket start literally robbing it back at him to the point where he's literally, it's like he's back in WWE because he's like, he'll say a couple of words and then throw the mic out and then he'll just finish it. And then he comes back and grabs the mic and does it for a little bit longer and then throws the mic back out again. It's like, this dude is freaking incredible. Like, <laughs> but yeah, people have made memes of it already for, for stuff in Fortnite. Because they did a short little trailer, teaser video for the foundation coming to Fortnite. And so in that, he's freeing one of the main characters, Jonesy. And uh, of course, I've used that video as a way to meme the living daylights out of this, out of this rap song that he's done. So mm-hmm. I just find that funny. And it's kind of like, all right. You know, eventually people can play as The Rock and they just have to grind through whatever thing they decide to do to make him unlockable. You know, we're not for sure what that's going to be yet, but I'm sure it'll be there. So, but anyway, that's about it on that. Um, So, anyway, thank you as always for um, coming in. and Especially today, because with that, I'm sitting there going like, I know about some of these trailers. And then you were like, well, it's part of the Video Game Awards. I was like, oh, well then, can you talk about that? I don't really. You know I can. And so it was just like, okay, I appreciate that dog, you know. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, so there, there it goes there. But I appreciate you talking about that and everything. So um, anyway, no problem. Anyway, uh, as always, thank you for being a part of the show, and thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it, and so. Next week, there's a chance. There's a chance we got we got we got to authorize. We got to get some authorizations. There's a chance we could have a special guest. So that's all I'm gonna say. There's a really cool, awesome special guest that may be on next week. If they are on, 
we'll talk with them. If they are not on, here's an idea for the subject matter that we're going to be talking about. The question of who would you like to see in the End of the Spider-Verse sequel movie? What Spider-Man would you like to see and why? Just thoughts. So anyway, that, that's where that goes. And just, just put that out there. Give you a little tease for next week. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for rocking with us here on Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. Jingles, is there anything else you want to share with, with the people before we close out? I can't think of anything at this time. I think I've expressed myself pretty thoroughly this time. Okay, appreciate that. <laughs> at this time, it feels like the Scott Pilgrim moment where she's like, I'm not ready to defeat you yet, but at this time, I'll defeat you, and when I do, you'll, I'll be deadly serious next time. So, um, I do want to say something real quick, just for a couple things. Uh, living in the state of Kentucky, um, I was kept up really late Friday night by the storms that came into the area, uh, not realizing how big this thing was. Uh, apparently, there were four tornadoes that touched in the south area of the world, kind of southeast area of the world, and uh, the biggest one was here in the state of Kentucky. Uh, total span of the, that tornado was like 218 miles. So when it hit, it covered that much area, which I didn't realize how big this was. I'm thankful to God that it wasn't as bad for me as it was for some. There are, they have stated that there are about 100, so far, confirmed deaths. Uh, also, you know, there are, um, you know, a lot of people without homes. Uh, I know a few people that have lost their homes to this. Uh, and of course, you know, I checked on my brother and my sister and other people because it went down through like another tornado hit down like near Arkansas, and Mississippi area. So I had to check on my family that I've got. So, you know, so here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not doing this as a Debbie Downer moment. Here's what I'm asking you to do. If you know people that are in the areas where the tornadoes touch down and you can get in contact with them, get in contact and check with them. Check on them. Make sure they're good. Make sure they have what they need. If they don't, uh, if you can contribute, contribute to different organizations in the state of Kentucky, different organizations in Tennessee, different organizations in Arkansas and, and Missouri and other places around in the south and southern areas uh, that got hit by those tornadoes because... It's one thing to go through the holidays. It's another thing to go through the holidays and, and lose your house. You know what I mean? So if you can contribute in any way to help somebody, do that. You know, of course, do it within your own conscience. You know, I understand, you know, if you say, well, I don't know about this organization. or Do your research. But let's help some people out this year. Let's help some people out during these holidays. Because there's some people, like I said, have lost everything. They literally have the clothes they had on their backs and that's it. So... Let's, let's, let's really live out the motto of be blessing me a blessing to somebody as we're in these holidays, as we're in these tough times that some people are going through. And also be mindful uh, because apparently the Omicron variant is continuing to wreak havoc all over the world. So be careful, be mindful, you know, and uh, take care of yourself. Be safe out there. Just be careful. Whatever that means for you, be careful. So that's that's my encouragement to you as you listen to this episode of the podcast. So thank you for listening. And above all else, guys, be blessed. And more importantly, be a blessing to somebody. Take care, guys.